Like, John's a virgin until, like, you know, until Egret's on the table and then he can, like, stand up. The brothels would be disgusting. Oh, the companion deck would really take off. You could have, like, a venarian disease. That's great. Attach the character, cause it to um, weaken after four turns. If you have grayscale and Theon stick, it falls off quicker. Falls off halfway through after the halfway yeah. through. <laughs> if Theon is participating in a challenge, discard Theon's dick. You would have to make Theon no attachments, though, for it to work properly. No, no, the attachment makes any character no attachments. Theon's dick instantly falls off <laughs> and discards any other attachments. Yeah. So it's like Bastard, but better, because it's called Theon's dick. It would make Cahor players really sad. <laughs> oh, hang on, I've misread this. <laughs> this is terrible. Who, who designed this? Yeah. How did Helen win a fucking tournament? Oh, no, it's a champion card. <laughs> <laughs> now we've covered Theon's dick, which will be the best thing I say all day. <laughs> His name is Craven, he likes white ravens, and he will always use them to reduce your gold. How did he get rigor mortis if it was detached from the body? Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> but it what? But, yeah, of course it would. Well, unless it sorry. desiccated and kind of turned into like a, a sort of dry banana peel kind of a You'd thing. You'd have to remove it from the game. But so you don't have this rules question. I, I don't know whether in the discard pile it turns erect or not, so I'm just going to remove it from the game and not have to worry about it. It can be there with Varus and they can make friends. Yeah, it affects exactly. flea bombs, so anything that then comes in from your discard pile, if it's been exposed to Theon's flaccid, severed cock for any length of time, mm-hmm. dies. what if you attach it to Varus? <laughs> no, Varus should have his own attachment. You can have Varus's dick, and that would be like the opposite of Theon's dick. Oh, well, do. Gain attachment. You can only play attachments on this guy. I like that you could move Theon's dick to spare boot and stand it. <laughs> but you can't stand his dick. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, that's what it is. It stands. Uh, it stands the attachment, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, because stand, he's just basically stand Theon's dick <laughs> and stood up. Yeah. That's what happens if you throw a severed dick at a Night's Watch dude. His name is Dave. He cancels saves. He likes to make the opposition have bad days. His name is Tom. Let's get off Theon's dick. <laughs> <laughs> it would be a really good card for fucking with Voltron decks, though. Yeah. you just sort of like, oh, have you got a Brienne deck, have you? Here, yeah, I'll just throw a severed cock yeah, at you. I mean, that's um, <laughs> <laughs> the artwork would be fantastic. Well, it would just be that, um, it would be like an artist impression of that uh, picture from the show of Ramsay with the sausage on his fork, right? Or he's wiggling it. In fact, if yeah. they could make it like a holographic card that changes as you like wiggle it, so you can see him wiggle the sausage. <laughs> also, it would be really good for merch. So if you've won a tournament, you can get an actual flaccid Theon stick to put on your character. Ooh, I don't think <laughs> just the box where the flaccid dick would live. Like you could take the flaccid dick out or something. Now we're just giving Thrones players sex toys. This is just <laughs> going on. He plays for fun, and if you beat him, then he'll put you in the face. It's the UK's fantastic podcast. This episode's the worst, so it's probably the last. With unopposed to claim banter. Moving on, you're fired. <laughs> <laughs> and our next guest is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This was quality material. Yeah. That was my best. I'm sure. Stuff. I'm. I'm 95% sure it's going to be the intro. It's banter behind the throne. Hello and welcome to Banter Behind the Throne. This is episode 91. I'm your host today, Dave Bamford, and I am joined by Mr. Tony Makos. Say hello, Tony. Hello. How are you doing, Dave? All right, thanks. How are you? I am fantastic. 
Good, good. We're also joined by Mr. Thomas Peel. Say hello, Peel. Hello, Dave. How are you, Peel? I'm very well, thank you, Dave. How are you? Lovely, thank you, Peel. And good. last but certainly not least, we're joined by uh, Mrs. Tony Makos, I think the kids call you nowadays. Well, she'll love that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I figured we were going to have an <laughs> argument at some point on the cast, so... <laughs> so what do you identify as? No, just, just, just this wife, that's fine. Just... <laughs> Soul wife, even. Let's go. <laughs> no, let's not go. <laughs> Welcome, Helen. Oh, that's my name. Welcome, Helen, to the podcast. Hello. Why have we been dragged kicking and screaming into a podcast record so quickly after the last one? Essentially, uh, they FFG have been kind to us and given us a missive from the conclave, as they say. But we say a restricted list, and it would be amiss of us not to discuss, or amissive of us, <laughs> to not discuss the restricted list. I want to point out that it's exactly now 90 episodes since we first discussed a restricted list on this cast, or I guess 91 episodes. Our first ever episode, the restricted list dropped halfway through, which led to Peel boldly proclaim that Stark are basically banned. <laughs> what which which FAQ was that? What happened? It was there? the last one where Mira was errated, so she only triggered when she came out at the beginning of the phase. Well, that was the last we ever saw of Mira Reed, right? <laughs> she got hit hard. Yeah. She did. Yep. And she definitely wasn't three X in the Starlight winning deck that year. No. <laughs> okay. So we will be talking about the restricted list and we will be talking about the associated rules that have been clarified and the erratas that have come with that restricted list in the new FAQ. Then we'll be talking about our Boats, Boats, Boats deck that we built on the cast last week. I've played a few games with it. I've got some suggestions on how to improve it. I've got some things that went well, some things that didn't go well. And we'll have a chat about that. And then last but certainly not least, we will talk about Siege of Winterfell, which is happening next weekend. But before we do any of that, Helen, you haven't joined us for... 22 months it was christmas 2016 i believe no yeah christmas 2016 to review the pack where valamogulus was in for those of you who don't know you would you like to tell us a little bit about you please oh um i have an unhealthy attachment to bad cards and trying to find ways to make them work in decks and failing <laughs> compulsively it's a problem uh, <laughs> I, I won't go through my whole 200 different terrible decks thrones but there's some beauties how long have you been playing this how long this, have i been playing this, this delightful this? game that we call a game of thrones the card game first or second edition as long as you oh okay man yeah that makes sense so christmas 2012 fuck yeah nearly six years you think i'd be better mm. <laughs> Well, I wouldn't think you'd be better. <laughs> yeah, but that would be pot calling kettle black, wouldn't it? Love? Yes, it would. <laughs> You're not wrong. How are you a judge? Uh, it was a good week, that Christmas 2012. Was it a vintage week? Yeah, in fact, uh, one of my saddest days in, in the whole of Thrones was actually was Bran hitting the restricted list. Because mm. I spent many eons working on bullshit pot rotation decks. Uh, to then have uh, him restricted was a was a very sad day. 
So all these people being massive crybabies over flea bottom can can suck their own stick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, your uh, plot rotation brand deck was one of the most inspiring pile of cards that I've ever seen. And I, I say that in the most complimentary way possible. Oh, well, thank you. It was... but, I mean, it's definitely bad, but it, it has had good times. Yeah. For second edition players, this was the fact that uh, back in the day, you could play cards out of any house. It was just very expensive, uh, which led to all sorts of opportunities for some serious bullshit. And, and that was my happy place. So <laughs> so I would, I would play kind of five different houses and, and take great delight in seeing my opponents basically entirely baffled as to what I was trying to achieve. <laughs> Often because it wouldn't work, but um, but it was but it was very satisfying when it had when it had its moments. Anyone that played first edition has a long, fruitful relationship with the special times of the year when an FAQ drops. It's a very exciting time, and uh, and a very controversial time, especially when not only when cards go on a restricted list, but when cards come off a restricted list and second edition isn't old enough really to have this you know substantial substantial group of cards that have been on a restricted list for a while and then the designers kind of go you know it's time to let mm-hmm. them free, let them go free again and just mm-hmm. play all these old cards uh, second edition isn't mature enough to kind of get into that yet it's but but it's getting there and uh, all the controversy that's kind of happened this week is kind of awfully reminiscent of the old days when uh, people were like Disappointed to see certain cards go on, disappointed to not see cards go on the list, uh, confused as to why weird uh, rules, clarifications have been put in because they weren't ever witness to, you know, a game where something like that would happen. Uh, trolling through these documents looking for the red text and kind of go, oh, what's happened? Oh, what's happened? You know, it's an added, added extra bit that you get with a living card game. There's not many living card games left. And so I think I just enjoy when an, when an FAQ drops because it's just another aspect, a kind of off-table kind of aspect of the game that uh, gets on the rest of it. It's something that actually I wonder about is, uh, so in first edition we didn't have the idea of things cycling out, we only had restricted. And I wonder if we'll get to this, but, but with first edition there was also cards that would sort of drop out of, of, of fashion in significant ways because then being restricted really made them very unappealing. And so there was there was also quite a lot of fun in in bringing out a, a card that had been restricted a very long time ago that people had forgotten about um, that was restricted for good reason. Uh, the one I'm thinking of is getting to play um, Corpse Lake at Starlick at Melee, mm-hmm. and people had forgotten how how good that card was. Um, and uh, <laughs> and I had a lot of fun with that. <laughs> people were like, oh shit. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was kind of strange how. Some things would go on the list and it would make no difference. So Mira went on the list and she was still the Stark restricted card of choice forever, basically. Um, something, retaliation was in almost every single deck and it went on the list and it basically banned it. it and then did. it came off the list and it went back into every single deck. Yeah. So there was no middle ground with retaliation. Yeah. Um, so it was kind of strange uh, looking at that. And then there were yeah cards that just never saw play once they hit the list, like uh, Threat from the East. There was no. It was restricted because of a, a combo involving your beloved Bran Stark, which could get somebody down to one card in hand 
before yeah. mastering turn you one. Goddamn combos. Mm. Ruining yeah. my janky shit. <laughs> There's a fine line between combos and janky bullshit, though. Yeah, but like, curse them and their effectiveness. <laughs> That's something that's never been said about FFG ever. <laughs> All my decks. Yeah, very true. So, the old facts used to drop broadly three times a year. Around now, in time for Worlds and Starlek. And then again, just before regional season. And then again, just before Gen Con. So seeing this at now with a proper restricted list not just one to stop a couple of combo decks but one that's actually meta shaping uh is good news so i would expect the next one in march or april mm-hmm. with another one in june or july it's kind of strange because they're not quite every you know it's not quite every third of a year um, it's just to do with those major seasons, regionals, Gen Con, Worlds. So yeah, shall we uh, dive into it? Let's do it. If we uh, if we just go down and cover everything in order, I guess. Um, look at all the all the red text. Yeah, we'll look at all the red text, and then if for some reason the restricted list is halfway through, we'll skip that and come back to it. So the first thing is Old Wick. Oh. Do we know why Old Wick has been changed? I think I read it and went. I presume that's just a grammar clarification or bearing in mind, you know, without skipping it too far, the clarification on Baylon Greyjoy is purely a kind of technical clarification for a card that hasn't even been fucking printed yet. I think I read Old Wick and thought, oh, it must be something like that. Is it something more major than that? It is indeed. Ooh, Previously, God. it was all part of like one effect. So you put the character. So Old Wick now reads, then if you win the challenge. Previously, you'd put the character into play, and um, if you win the challenge, X and Y and Z happens. Mm-hmm. The importance is that they've added the then, I believe, because previously, if Barring the Gates was revealed, you could kneel Old Wick, the character wouldn't come into play, but the lasting effect would be applied. So if you won the challenge, they still went to hand or, or deck, even okay, though they never yeah. entered play. So this just means that if they can't enter play for whatever reason, they will stay in the dead pile. Gotcha. Okay. Is a lot more. It makes a lot more sense. <laughs> it's an it's a then thing. Okay, I gotcha. Do you think in FFG there's just a fucking massive printout of then just on the wall for, for this sort of thing? <laughs> it's just a, come on guys, we've talked about this. Yeah, and underneath <laughs> it, underneath it this week is a little picture of Esgrid and a little picture of the Planktown Trader. Yeah, and there's and, a curse. And the word then is underlined about five times. Yeah, and there's and then there's a short <laughs> shame for whoever put that whoever wrote the text for that. You yeah, know, who's, who's, three strikes and you're out. Yeah, you have to buy any, any office donuts. Yeah, I like the idea that on the door there's a, a sign. It's like before you leave for the day, make sure all the confidential documents are put away and the windows are shut and the stuff is locked and you've checked everything for a fucking limit. <laughs> big letters yeah. on the door. Then <laughs> you may leave. And if you get it wrong again, Carl, you're going to get it tattooed on your forehead. <laughs> so <laughs> It's yeah. a kind of cost-effect kind of then thing. Okay, it seems fair enough. I should check, actually. There's no one at FFG called Carlis, though. That, is, that might sound like I've actually called someone else specifically. Like, no. yeah. Probably. They probably. <laughs> I hope so. Hopefully it's like the Netrunner. Well, we don't have Netrunner anymore. If it was the Netrunner designer, it would have been great. You probably used to work in Netrunner, and now they're unemployed, so you're fine. They're away, they're away on stream playing Keyforce somewhere. The next one's quite interesting because I kind of had to look it up because I'd forgotten what a card that no one has ever actually played yet <laughs> actually does. 
So they've uh, these boxes have obviously already gone to print for King of the Isles, which comes out kind of next month, I think. Um, so Bill and Greyjoy in the Greyjoy box basically says you can you take a card out an opponent's discard pile and put it into play, and then it says on the actual printed card it says at the end of the phase shuffle it into that owner's deck, which kind of implies even if that card was in the dead pile or the discard pile it would be shoved into the owner's deck. So all they've done is clarified the standard kind of thing that we all expect, which is if it's still in play, it was in the owner's deck. But if it's already in a out-of-play area, then it stays there. So fair enough. This is something actually I'm slightly curious about. Sorry, Dave. Mm-hmm. But the idea of uh, sort of legal easel on these things it irritates me a bit in that certainly for the sake of a tournament, I understand why there's... A uh, discussion or whatever about this, but but it should be in my in my view that a judge can say that clearly that is what is meant by the card. In some instances, it's glaringly bloody obvious, and and the kind of like some of the combos are like. And I'm treading into dangerous territory there because I have tried to abuse some of these things myself, but but not to the point of you know that that you we know reading that card what it's meant to be. You know, in most in, in a lot of cases, and the arguments over and and then is. You've got to have rules, don't. That's what the rules reference says. And, and then <laughs> it's very, rule number one. It pretty much is, though. Um, and and then and cost and effect and all that needs, you know. I mean, it's definitely got, got, it's got better. I, I know without Bay with Balon now how he was. If it hadn't been clarified and it came up in a tournament I was judging, I would rule that if the card was still in play, it would be shuffled back. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, I guess that's what I'm trying to say. That I think. Is kind of is implied if not certain. I'm not knocking correcting it, but but the 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 idea that like you can kind of you can abuse that, essentially knowing full well what the intention is, seem is frustrating. Yeah, I mean these are clarifications though. I don't think anyone's reading these kind of going, oh right, oh oh I was going to do something else with it. These are just kind of. Old Wick has changed how it works. That's true. Yeah, that's no, now. That is that's true. true. It's yeah. It shouldn't have worked how it did previously, and just nobody noticed for two years because it didn't see any play until Tal came out. I guess. Yeah, I yeah. just I just mean any theons that are trying to argue the case. That... <laughs> That's just a clause that that if the card is still in play is a kind of implied clause in a lot of these cards anyway, and it's just for whatever reason they forgot to print it on this one. So I mean, fair enough. It's just it's just very weird seeing a kind of uh, clarification on a card that doesn't actually exist yet. <laughs> Do you want to take the uh, next part of red text, Helen? Do you want to tell us about that? Saving from a cost. This is quite significant. Um, <laughs> not just from a personal point of view. So, so saving from a cost, if a card would leave play as part of the cost of initiating an ability, that card cannot be saved. Which is a little bit personally sad for me, as I just spent time building a bullshit Greyjoy saves deck entirely built around that. Yeah. Uh, no, <laughs> actually, that's not... That's not Strictly true. It, it's actually a revision of a deck I tried to do ages ago using the other shitty patchouli um, Aaron and uh, and trying to make it useful. And I wasn't just abusing uh, uh, Vince. It was also tr- using things like uh, Dragon Binder and, uh, and and other bits and bobs to yeah to, to cancel saves because I did think that was was genuinely legit. It wasn't a an abuse of wording. I thought we could save from costs in the same way as we could cancel other people's. I'm going to do that in order to trigger this. I thought if you cancelled the first bit, 
you know, so it's, it's quite, it's actually genuinely quite an interesting change, I think. So I was under, until this was ruled a couple of months ago, I was under the impression that costs were, cannot be saved. Me too. Um, that's what it was in first edition. And it never came up until Vince came out, basically. The French. I thought you could cancel a cost in, in lots of places because I thought if you if you stopped a cost, then you couldn't do the then. Uh, so I assumed that went across the board. I'm not sure of any costs that can be prevented apart from like, I, I don't know. I can't think of any abilities that would stop a, a cost being paid except for a save. I mean, there were a lot of costs. Well, in first but... edition, that wasn't allowed anyway. But no, yeah, not it's... not really because cancel cards in this game, certainly in second edition, where they became very specific about cancel cards, saying things like when an effect would be initiated, cancel that effect. Whereas yeah, cancels and things like first edition would just be like cancel that event, or they weren't maybe quite as specific as they were uh, were in, in in second. And I think. I mean, the kind of costs that you, that, what are the costs you, you do in this game, right? You, you kneel, you pay gold, um, you discard a card. You um, sacrifice, you are, kill yeah, a character. There are, very, there are very few cards that specifically reference the thing that you're doing to pay the cost. So there, isn't, there aren't any cards that say, cancel someone paying a gold or cancel someone discarding a card out of their hand. There are cards that stop those things happening, but then you can't, you can't even go ahead to trigger the cost, right? But with killing a character, there's a very specific thing that stops a character being killed, and that is a save. So suddenly, yeah, there is something in the game that can... If, if killing a thing is a cost now, we already have an established thing that can cancel that. So suddenly it does bring this whole, oh... I'd, I had to make a ruling at Nationals this year, um, weirdly a game that Vince was actually playing, when he tried to kill a character to bring his Vince into play. And his opponent, who was also playing Greyjoy, called the judge over and said, can I iron mines that? And like, Vince himself was kind of unclear as to whether that, that could happen. And I said, uh, kind of thought about it and went, well, no, that's a cost, right? That's a cost that you're paying. You cannot cancel a cost. And, and anyway, Vince could just do it again. Right, because the the limit hasn't happened, so so it wouldn't really make a difference. So I'm kind of ruled that you just couldn't do that, and then of course found out a couple of weeks later that technically you could have still done that. Uh, the severe would have been pointless. Yeah, it shouldn't it, have had a huge impact on the game to be honest. Because well, Vince would have killed it again. Yeah, uh, because that just killed it again because no cost has happened, and therefore you know the whole kind of do a thing to do. That's the other preposition that's really important in Thrones is the word to. You, do, mm. you pay a cost to do an effect, and if you if you've paid the cost and someone cancels the effect, you've still paid the cost, so your limit's been triggered, etc. But now, quite rightly, I mean, although I would say that I haven't been thumped by this by your deck <laughs> by, <laughs> on uh, this weekend, but now they're properly saying that if that card has a lead play, then well, it can't be saved, which pretty much covers every uh, eventuality, I think. I'm mean, not. I mean, I'm not really bitching about this because. You know, it's it's actually it wasn't the biggest part of of that deck. It, it was a it was a bit. It, it also just makes it a lot harder for me to play shitty Aeron if I've got to pay out for uh, Mag the Mighty. But um, <laughs> that's true actually. Being able to stand people with Aeron on demand is more interesting than just using it for passive power, and that's an interaction that I guess is sad to lose. 
I've really tried to make that deck. <laughs> uh, I tried really hard to make it uh, a melee deck with it, with Stark. So if things died, they stood up. If things didn't, if they got saved, they stood up. And and I was trying to find a way like that I could win on a Valor turn, um, yeah. <laughs> which is really bad. But that was the ambition. That's the sort of thing I definitely think of every time with melee. Um, yeah, so you you Valor, you save Cat. Two Stark characters die, she gets two power. You've you save two Greyjoy characters, they gain power for Iron Victory. Um, and then you've got Joffrey, and the three three characters that died were Lords. Boom. Yeah, if you're putting yeah, on the Valor turn, you just need about forty gold. <laughs> and a fucking alliance deck to do it with. Yeah. Shut up. Bonza. Um, <laughs> sounds, sounds pretty legitimate to me. Uh, actually, it was a, it was a weird. Um, it was using your, your boy who um, discards decks. It was a pillage deck, which was even weirder. Which boy? Oh, what's this? Those Greyjoy boys, eh? No, no, the Stark boy. Um, look at everyone's top of their deck. Jojen. Oh, Jojen Reed. Jojen. Yeah. It was a, it was a, it was trying to use Jojen for for pillage. Yeah, that's what I like to hear. Sketchy. So this has pretty much destroyed a big chunk of that deck, right? Yeah, because a lot of the things also that that involve. I mean, I spent years doing decks around killing your own characters because I was a big fan of the berserkers in the in the day. But um, mm. and and I've I've tried to do several things abusing Benjamin and, and all sorts. And I suddenly it's quite a nice Benjamin Martel thing. But but yeah, it, it's I, I I did think it had a bit more to it. But it, it, the trouble is, there's so much involved in if you want to murder all your own characters, it's it's quite expensive actually. <laughs> um, apart from the cost of the characters you're killing. It's not that easy to kill your own characters anymore. That was even true, you know, it's not like the Stark sacrifice, which became ridiculously easy. Mm. But then now we've got sacrifice. We never used to have sacrifice. Basically, things died or they got discarded and that's it. Now we've got this middle ground of sacrifice and all the good things in Stark happen from sacrifice, less so Mm. kind of killing, you know. Yeah, and 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 even that, I've spent a ridiculous amount of elaborate combinations of that trying to make it work. If I sacrificed... Eddard and spent the power off him to martial characters so it was slightly less wasteful. <laughs> and then I could bounce him and then use the crypts to bounce a significant character on the other side. And mm. But even then, by the time decent sacrifice cards came out, that, that was still terrible. So. But you don't also... Yeah, you just play the good sacrifice cards without all that. Yeah. What looks. <laughs> and then Wyvern came out and you'd go, oh, okay, I'll just stand him and make challenges. The Ramsey Snow is essentially a shit house humble berserkers. Yeah. <laughs> Because Ramsay Snow just is sacrificed, but the old Berserkers had a passive kill effect, which was uh, delightful. And in fact, for Siege, I'm, I'm very tempted to bring out the uh, the Armour Berserkers Kindly Man deck. Hmm. Oh, nice. He cops the Viper's Bannerman. Yeah. To, to recur <laughs> multiple kill everyone on the table cards. But, yeah, um, get the Vipers out of the dead pile. Very nice. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think this is a bad call in, uh, at all. It's it's just a bit unfortunate since I literally built the deck two days ago and it's illegal after four games. Um, <laughs> and, and it's been a while since I actually uh, built a deck. I thought, like, actually, this might not suck that. Ah, oh, fuck. Um, <laughs> I was going against it the other day going, well, that deck's bullshit because you're exploiting a loophole in the, in, in the rules, which is exactly what you fucking hate when other people do it. And I only had to wait two days before it was uh, utterly redundant. So uh, thanks very much. Yeah, so it's put another deep wedge into our marriage. So that's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm a little bit sad because now I've got to build a whole other deck. That's that's a bit frustrating, but, you know. But I do think people are also massive cloud babies about these lists. Have you seen the kind of evolution of this ruling and how it came about? 
the, the, the original ruling with the Drowned God fanatic and saves. No, no, that's um, me. So the ruling, the, the question was asked because a couple of weeks before Vince came out, there was a ruling in L5R which said that you can, if a if a cost isn't paid, it doesn't count towards the limit. Mm. And so people asked Danny and he and said, well, we haven't heard of this before. Is this the case? And he said, yep, just like L5R, which has the same broad templating as Thrones. It's um, the same like RRG entries for this kind of thing. Mm. It is, uh, if it's prevented, it does not reach it because you don't get that far down the uh, mm-hmm. prevention, the uh, the initiation chart, etc. Sure. And then a month later, they email him again and they say, we have a problem with the ruling because of the Iron Victory, basically. And you can now use Vince to claim, yeah. you know, six power before challenges if you got the saves. Yeah. And Danny's response is, yes, that is the correct interpretation of the rules. Further clarification is coming in a fact. <laughs> so I think he's looked at it and gone, shit. <laughs> Let's fix it so we don't have to worry about this. And that was uh, that was sent on the 21st of September. So okay. So the fact has been that entry in the fact has been around for at least two weeks, basically. I just think there should be some exceptions for bullshit tank players on something. <laughs> so, okay, so the Vince thing, fine. But if I want to run three Dragonbinders, just just to not even use any of its sensible effects, <laughs> then I think I should be allowed to pay three gold for for an attachment that I don't make any good use of. You could do that. But I can't now, can I? Why can't you? Because it's still a cost. I was running it for the cut for the for the kill. Mm. And the intimidate. No, the, well, the intimidate was. I mean, I've yeah, got I mean, that. Well, yeah, it, yeah. You can still you can kill the character, and then search your deck. Yeah, but that's not fun, is it? I mean, <laughs> what you want to do is not kill the character, and then have okay. just played three gold for a terrible attachment and then try <laughs> just to get Aaron, one power of dominance Aaron to, to stand a character up when you could have just paid three gold for a seal of the hand <laughs> but importantly it's stand a character up after you've already won dominance so there's no point in standing them <laughs> <laughs> and you've wasted a save and I appreciate that one day you'll do it and your opponent will go <laughs> nice <laughs> but other than that unless <laughs> unless you're using their duplicate to save them and then you go huh and then you trigger it again. Yeah, I mean, obviously. Although, can you? You can't even do that because it's limit one. Don't have, to have, have to do anymore. elaborate things like try and run we- red wedding with loads of lords and just tempt them and hope I get to do wisdom with the sea. Come, come on, come at me, come at me. <laughs> <laughs> one of the things that made this deck a little bit more uh, tempting to kind of put together was when King's Landing came out. That's what it's about, yeah. Yeah, because King's Landing, and everyone's finding a use for King's Landing now, but King's Landing and Greyjoy is uh, particularly good because you can recycle your iron mines, you can recycle your sea bitches, and, and you know, these are these are all legitimately strong cards. And once you've got an iron victory, a bunch of iron mines that you're just that, that are they're continually bouncing into play, then the possibility of having not infinite saves, but enough saves for you to live safely. <laughs> yeah, live comfortably. <laughs> We're not looking for much, but we just want to live comfortably. And there, with this amount of saves, you can. Enough saves to sustain a family of four in Middle England. A couple of dupes, three so, iron mines. So other people, you know, would be using using that more sensibly, and instead of <laughs> getting like to trigger Asher, choosing out of sixteen cards. Oh, I know what I want. I want 
happen, and that will definitely make this pop. Um, <laughs> and that's probably what cost me the game. I also love the fact that basically the bloody flux just screwed your deck entirely. <laughs> that's just harsh. There's, yeah. a, there's a lot of problems with it. Yeah. It's just like, I'm not even trying to save my cards to just keep them on the board. I only want to trigger nonsense. Leave your bloody flux alone. Yeah, I'm just saying there should be one world for sensible decks and one <laughs> for bullshit that I should be allowed to do certain things, even because it won't work anyway. It doesn't matter. Are you proposing a different <laughs> format for the game? Yeah, I'm just saying you could have, I could have you licensed. <laughs> yeah, in the same way as back in the day, I could have played Bran anyway because I was never going to use it in any effective or powerful combo. Yeah. <laughs> you were just going to put three taste for bloods on him and claim three power yeah. when you lost just the like, Oh, hang on, she's got more in her deck. It's not really a problem. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, Bran's gone. Oh, you were. <laughs> Same, licensed jank player. Everything's all right. Mm. Anything goes. <laughs> Licensed jank player. <laughs> you and Rowan just wrecking people with your obscene uh, yeah, but rules Rowan does, does some effective things. That's that's not quite the same. He's he would lose points on his on his license. <laughs> <laughs> I would I would be a clean run, clean, untouchable. Mm. All nonsense all the time. Once <laughs> you, you win a tournament, that's it. You get like a feeding party after the end of seven on how to build the deck more janky. I know. Pack it the fuck in. You're not allowed to win. You'd get pulled over by a judge. You know. Hang on, you've got yeah. heads on this deck. You've got to get two power this game. Yeah. Two more and you're disqualified. You know, say you get pulled over by a judge if, if your deck just isn't quite stupid enough. And that would be a, you know, you'd have to qualify as a judge for that. As yeah, well. no, it's like, look at her record. She's got 14 power forever. Yeah. She's lost five games in a row on 14 power. She's perfect. <laughs> the drag is just good enough to show that it could win, yeah. but it won't. Yeah. <laughs> it's got potential. It's just not quite good enough. Uh, That's where you strive to be. Perfect. The, the perfect level for you. Because the worst thing that you could do is win a tournament with a deck like that, and then everybody will be playing it. Everybody will be killing their own characters to stand them with their one. Yeah, I'd love no to see you get all the way through to the final of a tournament just on mod win. Like, <laughs> just because you get the 14 power, you're like, fuck, now what? Uh... <laughs> uh, no, I'd love to build something that actually fucking worked. <laughs> but, but actually, but to be the first to do it, I think that's still the thing. Is I mean, essentially, I'm still like a, I, I might be a bit sneery about some combo decks, but it's only because I didn't do it first. It's the same with most people, I think. I'm just trying to do something that's much more obscure, and it's harder in uh, second edition to, to be obscure, mm. um, which I understand again. It's not really a moan anymore. I've got past that. But I, you know, I, had, I got a pretty good amount of time in first edition to do it, and I still never pulled it off. So yeah. <laughs> you were close. First said you just had you, you simply you well, no you simply had a, because of the uh, of house rule you simply had a bigger pool of cards you could play with. Yeah, Simple as that. Not even just down to the number of cards that have been printed. You could have the same amount of number, same number of cards being printed in first and second ed, but the cards you have available to put in a deck are far fewer in second ed just because of the house rule. Yeah, essentially my padded cell was a lot bigger. <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> and still I got to sort of like leap to my feet and go, it's alive! And I just did some <laughs> terrible shit combo that I I just disregarded loads of power cards just to try and trigger one shitty bit of machinery. That's all right. Keeps us alive. <laughs> 
but also I'm, I'm making it easier for someone else to get to the top table. Mm. <laughs> it's a gift. Yes, it is. <laughs> okay. So uh, the next bit, Peel, do you want to do you want to read out the next bit of the fact? Okay, copies of the same agenda. Pretty sure that was like a common one. Anyway, a player cannot run more than one copy of each different agenda, uh, even in situations where they are allowed to run multiple agendas. I think you should be allowed to play the same banner if you want. <laughs> if you really want to, if you want to play Banner Kraken twice, by all means, like just 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 let those people have fun. Um, 75 <laughs> <laughs> 75 card Greyjoy batter of the Kraken batter of the Kraken yes, I would yes, so play that if I was allowed to play that it's just come about because someone thought someone wondered for maybe approximately 7 seconds that if you ran that you could run 2 copies of trading with a cohort absolutely but until they then went actually no because the oh. market really wouldn't matter Mm. Uh, well, you can you can bring an attachment into play and then sack it immediately on the same challenge if you want to, or sack two different attachments in one challenge. There's definitely utility there. Is there? If you could do it, mm-hmm. yeah. Wouldn't you just? Absolutely. Get, I mean, wouldn't you just you get go and get wanted the first time? Well, you might get a knighted to stand Randall and then go and get something else. Well, you wanted because you want to trigger the thing, I guess. Yeah, uh, if it, uh, but. But also just sacking two attachments to get two copies of milk is good. Could you um, could you do that? Could they be the same attachment? Uh, if you sack, say, a heart's bane for a milk and a knighted for a milk, yeah, you could do that. If you had two copies of cohort. Um, it is moot, of course, because you can't have two copies of cohort. But yeah. You could just make cohort unique, and then you can still do two uh, banner krakens. <laughs> that would have been a, such a... A frustrating errata <laughs> for people like Alex Hines. No, where this is the most elegant way of doing it. We're just going, don't bother, guys. And whereas we're just sat there just like, yes, let's do it. Let's just fuck our own decks just so our agendas look funny. If we can do banter extra one card, then banter extra, extra 15 cards for no reason. Uh, 16 cards. <laughs> yeah, no, Plus, I, I suspect there's a psychological game as well of people automatically underestimating you based on well clearly I'm playing an idiot who's playing two of the same agenda <laughs> and 70. Why are you playing that? Uh, because I could have at least 12 non-loyal Greyjoy cards in my deck twice. <laughs> <laughs> in your Greyjoy deck? Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> why? What, what do you mean why? Theon's not loyal. <laughs> there is utility here. Yeah. I think that you would become a lot less threatening at a melee table. <laughs> It pissed off Hines so much when we were pushing for uh, people to play Banner of Their Own House instead of No Agenda. Oh yeah, Lanny Banner Lanny, yeah. Yeah, because it, it, is, it is literally worse because you have to have 12 <laughs> non-loyal cards. Not that that would ever come into play. But even though it pissed him off so much, it was beautiful. <laughs> and if there's one thing we enjoy in the uh, podcasting industry, it is pissing Hines off. <laughs> okay, Tony, uh, take us home with a, a quick run through the last uh, last two rulings before we uh, take the restricted list on. So, the first one relates to Tycho Nestorus. <sighs> sigh. So this is a big block of text that I'm not going to read out, but it basically says that Tycho Nestorus, who says that if you control Tycho Nestorus, you cannot win the game. There were a lot of 
stupid questions about how if your opponent can't win the game either or uh, yeah it now says if a player controls Tiger and Astaurus and has you cannot win the game ability is active absolutely nothing within the game rules can cause that player to win the game uh, and if everyone else is eliminated, the game ends with no winner. That's hilarious. In a tournament, this is recorded as a loss for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> this seems like a shame, actually, with the can't cancel the cost thing. Because if you could make them take Tycho Nestorius with whatever Night's Watch nonsense. The Broken Vows thing, yeah. Is that a Night's Watch character? It's a Night's Watch event. No, but oh. it can be any character. Yeah, so you could yeah. make them take control of Tycho and then just save him until they gave up and went home. <laughs> seems like a very funny way to win a game it also says that um, if a tournament goes, game goes to time and the player with Tycho has more than 15 power then the opponent gets a mod win uh, because they're closer to winning than the person with Tycho uh, is because the person controlling Tycho is never ever close to winning ever ever uh, if a tournament game goes to time with both players controlling Tycho then you should both probably just get them go home I'd imagine but both players receive a loss Melee, however, if someone controls Tycho at the end of a melee game, the best placement that player can get is second place. That doesn't seem too bad. If a tournament melee game goes to time and a player controlling Tycho has the highest power, the player with the next highest power uh, is, is the winner, which makes sense. Um, but the bit at the bottom is a bit more kind of clear. I remember people talking about this. Tycho does not prevent a player from winning if that player's opponent concedes. Because I seem Ooh. to remember that being a bit ambiguous. So someone can still concede, and that yeah. If uh, people sometimes say, you know, if they go to time, they'll normally concede. Mm. If they w- if they would take a mod loss, they'll take a full loss instead, give their opponent a full win. Mm-hmm. If I was beating you fourteen nil, Tony, and I had tight chest tight would you concede at time? <laughs> Actually, this is quite spicy. <laughs> Because mm. if 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 I was beating you fourteen nil and I didn't have Tycona Storis, you would probably concede. Oh, oh yeah, I'd be like I'm thumped. If you yeah. did, if you did have Tycho, no, I'd take the f- no. I would, I would take the win as well. I would. <laughs> well, I'd be like you're a fucking idiot with four because you haven't figured out how to get rid of Tycho yet. Come on, but come on, like this is a challenge. This is instantly making me think of decks. So I just <laughs> need to build a Tycho deck and then bore someone out of wanting to keep playing. <laughs> well, obviously it's out of stock somehow well because it's boring <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, if you play a obviously you can't stall but if you play the slowest controlliest deck you can yeah control, like a massive mm-hmm. and then when your opponent gets to gets ahead of you you give them Taicho yeah, yeah as long as they don't win outright you win the game you mean you get a mod win and you probably get beaten up in a car park okay I mean that, yeah that's fair I'm not sure how many people play Taiko. I'm not sure if this will make People play Tycho more or less, but uh, it's given you an idea, I guess. <laughs> so more. Yeah. Uh, the other uh, the other rules clarification. So I just wanted to say because clearly this is someone who's already had then tattooed on their head and they've got <laughs> nothing to lose, so they're quite happy to have five paragraphs of red text written about their card. Yeah, absolutely. So the next one is to do with the highest judgment, uh, and because we've now got shadow events that technically have no cost on them, they don't have an X, they just have a dash which basically says that they cannot be played out of your hand, they have to come out of shadows. The clarification basically just says that a hand's judgment can cancel one of them because the way X works in this game is that um, if something has no printed cost, 
and, and x is therefore undefined, any undefined value defaults to zero. And so you can just play a high judgment. Seems fair. So you can cancelling the yeah the, your steel reins and stuff. Yeah, I mean, I think that was clear, but I can un- understand people kind of digging into the legalese of the game and kind of going, well, you know, how how is x defined? And and we because we've now got different ways to basically say null because we've got an x, and we've got a dash, and all of that. This just clarifies. Yes, high judgment cancels things that have no cost. The end. That's all your rules clarifications. And that's what they are. They're just clarifications. I think uh, I think the Tycho thing probably needed clarifying for the three people in the world that are still trying to, you know, build a deck around that. It's on. I'm sitting beside one of them. Um, <laughs> but the hash judgment seemed pretty, seemed pretty clear and seemed pretty obvious. And with more shadow events coming, I imagine, that then, then it's probably just as well that's clarified so that people don't moan that it's a dash and not an X. Okay. Peel or Helen, who would like to take us through... Uh, the restricted list or would you like to i don't know play off it do you want to do it in like rhyming couplets or something <laughs> oh we... let's do a haiku <laughs> okay um, holy shit the wars to come no wait wars to come is gone to no that's six is what is a haiku it's, it's five seven five five seven five flea bottom oh. is gone shame about those second sons Breaking ties might go too. Has that's gone. Sick. That's, sick. that's six again. <laughs> <laughs> when we learned about syllables at school, there was a chap called Craig, and uh, we had to go around the class and we were clapping our name for syllables. So you know, David, two syllables, two claps. Thomas. And yeah, exactly. Tony. <laughs> go on, Helen. Clap your name. How many syllables? Sad times. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but Craig, who should have said Craig, did Craig, <laughs> and it, we were there a long time. <laughs> he just didn't get it, bless him. He's now Minister of Education. <laughs> well, well, yeah, carry on with your haikus. Sorry. <laughs> well, probably call it a day on that. <laughs> yeah. We could just try and just if someone rhyme, I one of us can finish off the rhyme. That's about as technical as it's going to get. Yeah. I can't do haiku. <laughs> okay. Uh, on. I mean, to get the point across, Flea Bottom's been put on the restricted list. So you, you two start working on that. I'm going to start working on a haiku. Um, <laughs> I think Helen's doing the same. So <laughs> we've all got jobs. Okay. What I want is Peel. I want a haiku, and uh, Helen. I want a limerick. While uh, Tony and I go through the meat of it. End with Salt Wife, and it's not going to go well. <laughs> Uh, any, anyway, uh, Flea Bottom, yeah, it's probably a bit late in a way, but uh, fine. Uh, we were talking about this earlier, and like, you know, Tony was saying about like the restricting cards that become ubiquitous in, in any deck is uh, actually a good call. If everyone's playing it, then it probably should be restricted. I'm in favour of that. Just to make deck building more interesting, and this is what, again, we're, we have a reputation for harking back to first edition all the time, but that's what we do. Fuck you. Um, the, the, the thing about restricted uh, lists is that isn't just to mess about with the low power cards and kind of to and, and help all those all those poor players that are getting beaten by cards and why 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 this card's too powerful why can't it why can't it be stopped? It's also to kind of mould and shape the game a little bit. If people are building a deck and kind of going, well that goes in, yep that goes in, that goes in, that's kind of less fun. There's fewer decisions to make when you're deck building. Um, something like flea bottom obviously is used out of is is 
not even abused. It's used for exactly the reasons it's being used. It was uh, inevitable something got done with it at some point. Uh, what's more interesting to me is what else gets restricted around it. Because Fleabottom going on a restricted list on its own means nothing. But what else you put on it to accompany that uh, is the interesting bit. Uh, the other stuff they put on it, sure, interacts with Fleabottom. And, and again, this is another complaint about people that people have a restricted list. It doesn't go too far. It doesn't go far enough or it's not going too far. I think there's another couple of cards they probably could have put on it as well just to kind of just to kind of spice up deck building a little bit more, just to take the easy options out of a lot of decks. So well, like, obviously in favour of this in, yeah. in that respect, because it's just sort of a, come have a little look at the old pool. Yeah. Have a little inspiration. <laughs> what about a lovely crone? Um, <laughs> and this, uh, this also seems appropriate for your podcast, so it's, it's you know, spice up your life. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if we want restrict on its own is means means nothing if you don't restrict characters that you can use and abuse with Fleabot. So, there, you know, people have moaned that there's no Second Sons on this list, there's no Shadow City Bastards on this list. Uh, I would have put Summer on this list, because that's just the default interaction that goes into every single Stark deck. Nothing to do with Stark being particularly powerful at the moment, nothing to do with what's the best decks in the meta, what, whether aggro is now, you know, uh, uh, an aggro and rush are good decks. Not to do that, just to kind of spice up deck building a little bit. If you've got to choose between Flea Bottom and Summer when you put a start deck together, well, maybe you'll only get one, maybe two triggers out of Summer because you can't put Flea Bottom in and, you know, you can't continually get your characters back. Oh, you know, watch him, but now you can now you can put in House Mandalay Scouts or some <laughs> bullshit, you know? <laughs> Or you can build a whole deck deck around Jojen. Exactly, you know, you know, give it, make it a little bit more interesting. Um, so they haven't restricted any other characters that interact with Fleabottom particularly badly, which means that anyone that still wants to do that can still do that. They might, as we'll get, as we'll get, they might have to lose some plot utility out of that, and some of the plots that kind of, uh, well, one in particular that obviously uses, abuses Fleabottom quite strongly, but. It doesn't really do much kind of aside from that, just just kind of sticking it on there. And it's, uh, you know, your mileage will vary as, as to kind of how effective you think the restricted list therefore is, if it doesn't really do anything apart from that. Everyone knew Fleabot was going on. Um, at some point, uh, it's for me, it's what else you put on alongside it. It's been restricted in melee for a bit now, but uh, if you don't put anything alongside it, then there aren't many really big decisions that kind of deck builders have to make still. I actually agree. Just agree. I, I, I think anything that just makes you think more creatively. You know, the, the more mm. the more limitations, the the less you can have all of the things. Mm. Um, actually, I think you, you you know people will come up with more interesting combinations, and mm. I, I think that's any that's good for the game. And it and it's good to play decks with surprises. I mean, not just yeah. not just ineffective surprises like mine, but but generally go like, oh, that's, that's <laughs> something I had no answer for. Yeah. Mm. You know, and that, that's fun. And it's and it's nice to have those moments with, with you know, when you play a game and you go like, oh, I hadn't thought of that. Well, you know, and, and to be congratulating someone on, on a weird combo in a deck is, mm. in a small sense combo, small C, but mm. but to go like, oh, that's a really nice interaction. I haven't seen that before. We don't use the word combo. <laughs> <sighs> we don't use the word nice. What? Fucking <laughs> <laughs> do. So, yeah, I mean, I don't think there's any card in this game that needs to be banned at all. No, that's just... That it seems a little bit over the top and a little bit kind of, you know, the sky is falling. There's nothing so overpowered that it can't be played against. There's no automatic, oh, this, 
you're not going to win the game unless you put this card in your deck. As soon as one appears, then absolutely they need to kind of consider that. But at the moment, it's just it's it's cultivating a card pool and interactions between cards. That's what the strict list is for. It, I think it's second edition does do that yet because it's not old enough. The pool isn't big enough, and as we've discussed, cards don't there aren't as many interactions from of cards in second edition as they were in first. So the reason that the restricted list went off for three pages in first is because, yeah, well, we know there was lots of shit. Yeah, there was lots of shit that you could do. Right, my opinions on Fleetwood on them. Go on, Andy. <laughs> we have to hear. Uh, God. Firstly, um, I spoke to Vince and he gave me his opinion on Flea Bottom, and he thinks it shouldn't have been restricted, but it should have been eroded to loyal. Ooh. Interesting. Ooh. That's not bad. So that you can only play it with the non-existent neutral house card. <laughs> yeah, Just ban that shit. He hates it. Um, yeah, it's it's a powerful card. You build around it. Grant, that those cards exist in card games. Also, we don't play this game because it's easy. I like the pain. You know, it, it's not a fucking double championship. It's <laughs> fucking right, it's not. Also, I'm pretty bad at that. It, it, you know, it, the, the fact that it's complicated and difficult when it changes is, is why we play it. Mm. So, again, it's just sort of like, you know, when, when people do all throw all their toys out about, about restricted lists, it just seems like, well, you're kind of forgetting half the reason you like this thing. You surely expected Flea Bomb to be restricted at some point, don't they? Oh, absolutely. I'm happy it's restricted. Mm-hmm. I'm happy it's been restricted in conjunction with Breaking Ties, because that is the most, that's the biggest abuse of Flea Bottom going. Indeed. And that's perfect. That's a perfect example of two cards that, by existing on a deck together, make each other much more powerful. Splitting that up is, a per- is, is absolutely perfect, of course. I'm glad it hasn't. They haven't outright restricted other cards that combo well with Flea Bottom, mm-hmm. i.e. the Shadow City Bastard and the Second Sons. Yep. As I would have said last time I discussed uh, restricted lists, I prefer them to force deck building choices. Yeah. Yeah. Rather than just banning small combos. So rather than um, Flea Bottom and Summer, you've already got Flea Bottom and Breaking Ties. Which is one way to abuse summer. Sure. The other, the other card to put on the list to stop that would be Wyman Mandley. So that way, Stark would have to choose now between Wyman and Flea Bottom, broadly. Um, which means you can still play Wyman and Summer. He makes a great target for that still. Um, you can still play Flea Bottom and Summer, and it's much more difficult to get Summer into your discard pile to abuse him every single turn without thing. But if you can get him in, you can be rewarded by flea-botting him back, basically. And it's the same with Targ. I would rather not see uh, the Second Sons on the list. I would rather see a card which encourages you to choose that card or flea-bottom. Sure. Um, and I would, rather than Shadow City Bastard, I'd rather see something that, you know, you either take flea-bottom or you take this other card. Uh, the last example I gave was Ariane. You can have flea-bottom to get the chuds in like that, or you can get the more interesting Ariane triggers. Now Breaking Ties is restricted, that is a better choice, yeah. whereas when Breaking Ties was rampant, Ariane obviously dropped in importance quite a lot, and Abara became better. Um, but that, that's where I stand on Flea Bottom and Breaking Ties. I'm happy they're restricted. I think any of, anything else surrounding them, they should be more careful rather than just... I think with the list how it is, if you put Summer on it, it bans Summer. 
Um, yes, yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. It's me. It's me because a bit harsh. I was just you thinking, can use anyone instead of summer. Yeah, only hates dogs. I do hate dogs. The only thing is, and while there's a lot of outcry about, oh, you know, this this restricted list has come a little bit too late, and it's, you know, it's trying to. There's so many Tyrell cards on there, and but no, this is no. but this is like three months after Tyrell was good, and and now everyone's worrying about Targon Stark. The only thing I the, the only thing I'd say about that is that there's an argument that because Targ's got so much discard tech that 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 one or one or maybe even two Targ cards wouldn't be amiss on the restricted list. One of Targ's fundamental kind of mechanisms is chucking cards out of your hand to do things, and Fleabottom does make that much 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 better in a way that other decks. Other houses don't have that theme that, that goes with them. So um, the fact the fact is, Targ will still play Flea Bottom, I imagine. It doesn't need to play Flea Bottom, actually, weirdly. It's got other <laughs> stuff to do, but Targ will play Flea Bottom. Listen, it doesn't really have a decision to make. No. I've... This list doesn't give a couple of houses any decision to make at all. I agree, which isn't necessarily a bad thing for houses like, say, I mean, Baratheon still doesn't have a choice because it doesn't play any of these cards. Um yeah, so I think to force diversity, it would be better to have some more cards on the list, which I think if we cover them last, wars to come. What do you reckon to that? I get it. I think they could have been a bit ballsier and by not putting it on. It seems like a bit of a shame to me. It, I get the whole. There's no. There's very little downside to the agenda. Everyone was playing <laughs> it. it. It seems. It's again. It's the ubiquity thing that. That if you're building a deck without necessarily an agenda in mind, it's very easy to just plug wars to come in that and go, oh, I've got 10 plus. And well, that might not be the best way of deck building, but it's a very easy way of deck building. And that by putting this on a list, it means that, you know, that won't be your obvious choice. No, the, the, the mistake was probably in not printing a bigger downside on the wars to come. There's a couple of reasons why the wars to come is definitely not the agenda that you play. If you you know you definitely want to see your plots again, fine. But for you know less competitive uh, decks and, and and kind of you know if you're if you're deck building and not, not as a novice player or whatever, it's very very easy just to plug wars to come in. They probably could have given it a bit more of a chance. It feels to me that this restricted list really fucks Martell wars to come. That's what makes me really sad about this and, and some of that stuff again, like this little sniff of of more things with with plot rotation. I don't know. It just it just feels like yeah that that Martel's hit by this more for legitimate more you know for for legit reasons. It was you know presumably it was it was created with them in mind Little. and to go here have a cake. No, you can't eat it. Mm. Um, it's a little bit sad to to snatch it from their hungry paws. Mm. I mean Donovan is a Martel player at heart, mm. and it was in the Martel box. Mm-hmm. Like they were quite clearly designed. Like certainly if even if they weren't his top priority. You know, it was it came into the thought process, and I agree. It, I think that it the wars to come seems like a knee jerk reaction to Gen Con, where all the Yanks got away from themselves mm. and played way too much wars to come. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's as anywhere near as good as agenda as anyone else thinks it is, but I do think it is phenomenal in Martel if you're playing the use pass stuff, and I think that suddenly all this use pass stuff is nigh on unplayable. I think Wars to Come made it playable. I think Prince Doran's Behest isn't that good unless you not only have options for it, but you don't you don't speed through your plots too quickly to make them become useless. 
because that was the problem in normal decks like oh yeah i can get to turn six but if i can't win then then i'm fucked mm. wars to come gave you that leeway so that you were a threat for a few more turns and having put this, that, and Flea Bottom on the restricted list, which is mm. Martel have the most interesting options for Flea Bottom. Absolutely. Um, that really, really hurts them, and I don't think they needed that because they weren't the top house at Gen Con. Mm. I mean, they did win. Did they win in the end? They did. They weren't by any means repressive, mm. uh, oppressive, and they definitely weren't like overrepresented or anything. Mm. If- and it's a deck that suffers really badly to the rush that's yeah totally that's come up. That's a, a tough matchup for that, um, and Tyrell was a tough matchup at the time. So I don't. I think that that's just a. It's just a silly restriction. Now, if this means we see less boring wars to come, that's fine by me, I guess. Um, people will learn to love their proper plot decks again. It's a bit, little bit similar to what we're saying about Targ. Targ has a a theme. Uh, one of their uh, like theme mechanics is discarding cards out of your hand. Flea Bottom enables them to kind of exploit that and make that mechanic quite strong. One of the themes that they have in Martel is to exploit plots in your use part. The Wars to Come enables you to exploit that. And it feels a little bit, if you're putting Wars to Come on to fuck with Martel, or to, <laughs> no, let's not say fuck with Martel, to encourage more interesting uh, deck building choices, then why not stick something from Targon as well, or just don't put Wars to Come on at all? Or you have your license as a jank player. <laughs> <laughs> it does seem like a shame that, um, you know, essentially Martel is, is largely geared towards combos and things and then is punished for them. And, and, it, and it seems it, it's a tricky balance when, it, you know, it should be encouraged to, that, that people can, can play to win in different ways that are you know, potentially less obvious or, or, or and more creative. And and it does feel like this is one of the problems of the restricted list. And whilst I was joking about it earlier with, with my nonsense, is that it was frustrating as someone who wasn't trying to do the obvious path. Mm. And, I, and I do feel that that's kind of how Martel ends up, you know, taking a lot of hits without giving it much creativity within that mm. because all the things that allow them to be more creative to intend to get banned because of how they use another thing. So, so Wars to Come might be, a, again, ubiquitous for a lot of players, but for Martel it's absolutely tied to a, mm. a strategy. Tied to a theme. And, tied to a and it, that seems like a sad mm. a sad thing to me. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying it would be that easy to say, like, oh, this is restricted unless you're Martel mm-hmm. or, or Helen. Mm. Um, <laughs> but, well, the the argument for me would be that in Star Wars they restrict things in small groups, yeah. so you can't run two specific copies of Yoda, and you can't run Yoda and this other thing, but you can run the the other Yoda and the third card, that kind of thing. If that makes sense. So then they could put Wars to Come on the restricted list for say Tyrell, but not for Martel or not with other Martel cards, if they wanted to. Um. But it's just easier for them to just put it on the same list as Flea Bottom and make me sad. Yeah, I appreciate it's hard to manage and, and they need to make sort of, you know, some fairly sweeping calls. But it does feel like, yeah, I, I feel bad for Martel. I've never heard you say that before. Thank you, Helen. <laughs> <laughs> Someone asked you for the first time. Mm. No one's going to feel bad for you in a minute when you start winning everything. Again. <laughs> it's true, Martel will always do this. They're slow builders. I appreciate that. Martel are probably the second hardest house to design for in terms of balance. Yeah. 
because the nature of their mechanics is that they can easily tip the scale into NPE or overpowered. Mm. Um, the same, I say Night's Watch is probably the, the worst offender because defense is such a, it's shit until it's NPE and lose to win is similar. Yeah. Uh, it's still like a defined balance. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's a lose to win is, is a, is a skill. Hmm. It's not the same as me murdering all my cars to trigger some fucking nonsense. It's, <laughs> you know, it, it's actually trying to, to, to ride the crest of a wave, you know, to to a point. And, and I think that that's, I mean, not for all my top players. But <laughs> I was going to say, are you hitting on me, Helen? <laughs> <laughs> all these complimentary things about my top players. <laughs> But there's, you know, there's, uh, well, yeah, obviously uh, there's lots of things I like about Martel cards. Um, <laughs> the, the stupid Martel cards. Yeah, so I'm just sort of like, ooh, Sandsteeds, and yeah. and if I put that with Night's Watch, no, hang on. You haven't built the guard <laughs> yet, have you? I tried to do it with uh, the other Eamon as well. Of course you did. Yeah. yeah. Not, not great. Never mind. And the, um, the tie, I mean, the Tyrell stuff seems... This seems like a bit uh, a bit much. I get it, but I don't think we needed both of them on. We don't need you don't need Mesa and the High Tower, do you? Really? Not now. I would have preferred something like Mason Marge or High Tower and Marge or something. Um, I think you should be able to play Mason High Tower together if you want to. Um, if you want to go down that clock route, it, for me it's. Firstly, yeah, it's horrible to play against, but it's Marge that really made, that in conjunction with them, made them particularly bad because you can go and get Mace when you're four power away yeah. and just win the game. And uh, she made it very difficult to attack through that wall of renown because you knew that one challenge would fuck you yeah. that way. You can't win the power in the injury because of the renown. like. Um, and it was her in conjunction with those two cards. So maybe they could have, again, you know, forced deck building decisions rather than just going... These cards are really powerful together. Let's stop them being played together. That said, overall, I'm not going to complain about that much because it's no, fair enough. If this hurts what I found to be a very frustrating deck to play against, um, I don't care. Like really, <laughs> I fuck fuck Mason, fuck the High Tower anyway. Just they could have done it in a slightly more subtle way. Uh, but I'm not going to get too angry. We'll allow Wama to get angry in his uh, on his podcast. Oh yeah, I'm not going to cry myself to sleep at night about that. I know, but. Uh, it is a little bit um, using a sledgehammer to crack him up a little bit, especially a little bit after the horse is bolted. Yeah, I mean that, and that's the whole thing, isn't it? That's a complaint that this is a little bit kind of too little, too late. Oh, the but, right amount, but too late. Yeah, or too much, but too late. Maybe. I would rather Wars to Come wasn't on there, but overall, these. If I was going to choose four cards six months ago to put on the list, those would have been the four cards. Like in those two, I mean broadly. It would have been around those cards anyway. Um, and it definitely would have included at least three of them. It would have included Flea Bottom and Breaking Tires. Yeah, sure. And it would have included Mace or the High Tower, Correct, yeah. if not both. Yeah, I think um, we can all agree with that. Yeah. So if I could only do four. So I'm not too upset with it. I just I I weep I, I weep for the loss of Martel Wars. Yeah. Um, but I celebrate in the loss of bullshit, efficient, <laughs> uh, loyal... Um, 
Tyrell characters what? wrecking also, my day and then triggering Mace when they come in, back into play. What about if you also introduced like a barter sort of system? So if you play three of a certain card, then you're allowed to restrict it. <laughs> three green dreams. Yeah. You're that's, restricted that's not that bad. I'm, I mean, yeah. more. I need to think of a something else I've made a terrible deck out of. Is there anything on this list that can come off? We reckon. Dragon's Tail. Well, I mean, obviously, that, that kind of goes without saying. Mm. I think, well, there's one main reason the Dragon's Tail could, could come off. That would be that would be fantastic for uh, for Lanny Pillage. But um, now that the horrible days of Tyrell Lion and Lanny Rose kind of combos kind of finished, is there anything that's safe to come off of that list? I don't think it is yet. Um, I don't think the couple's changed enough to say if you take two or three of these pieces off com- uh, combination decks won't come back so I would err on the side of caution and I think you can take one of those cards off like a- a- anyone really um, Or, but I think you can't take too many off I think Dragon's Tail is the one that I, I would like to see it off simply because well firstly it's great in landing green sight but it also enables lots of We'll say combo in the sense that Helen was talking about. It enables like little combos because it allows yeah. you to get your pieces faster. Just to make it makes shit decks better, which is why I've always liked Dragon's Tail. Like Josh ran it in Banterbridge when you had to draw Banterbridge, the original deck, because you need to dig for those combo pieces in a good way, not in a NPE draw 56 cards kind of way. Um, but and I don't think it's too bad if you have that and annals together. Um, because most of the other pieces are, are gone. But in erring on the side of caution, I wouldn't want to see too much else off. Oh, you're right. Summon seven? That's restricted melee, isn't it? Oh, I'm looking at one of the You're looking at uh, the melee, but... Yeah, that's, the, that's one of the ones that makes me sad. <laughs> yeah, it's very easy to lose dominance in melee, though. I mean, heads on spikes is really affect me in melee, I must admit, because that was just fun. Um... I know it's an old one, and I've been there since pretty much the game. But everyone plays it, that's the thing. Yeah, Not of Song of the Seven. <laughs> <laughs> they were pl- Everyone was playing it, though. Everyone spends a lot of time building a deck around it. <laughs> um, so would we add anything else to the Joust Restricted list? <sighs> I mean, I had the small list again of, like... You Mateo could... House card. <laughs> I just want like, no, okay, let's just add all the house cards by Greyjoy that means uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah in fairness Greyjoy doesn't really care about any of these cards in my experience it, it doesn't seem so. to yeah at the moment they don't seem to have been here at all do they I don't either does Lanny really at the moment Flea Bottom is pretty amazing in Lanny at the moment now Goldmine's out oh there you go because you can go. seed your yeah. discard pile with three costers I, I've got things up I I would put on a restricted list for Ubiquiti's sake, but that's clearly not how they're crafting a restricted list yet. And maybe a no. year mm-hmm. in the line they'll start kind of going, oh God, this is an every deck. Let's just let's just. I would controversial or not, I'd put something like trade roots in because trade roots okay. is such an easy choice for a plot. So yeah. too easy. Like we were saying about retaliation, once retaliation came off the restricted list in first ed, yeah. Immediately went back in. There's no reason why not. You, why you wouldn't have a fucking copy of retaliation? It's great. Uh, trade routes is like you know 90% of decks that I would build. I'd, I'd chuck a copy of trade routes in. I mean, that's why Preston went on the list, right? Yeah, because he was. Like a... Preston went on for ubiquity. The refugees went on. Yeah. Retaliation went on. Yeah. Exactly. The refugees went on because they were 
remarkably efficient cards and it was stupid not to put fucking refugees in your deck. Uh, some decks ran them better because they were thematically linked to them, Maesters and Dothraki mm-hmm. and stuff. But in, they, yeah, they put them on the list and they put them on for that reason, not because they were powerful, but just because why would you not run them? So suddenly putting them on the list means, uh, fuck, I can't run refugees. But what a glorious day that was when I read the FAQ and, the, and we could play nearly all the refugees again. Oh, oh. oh it was wonderful. You know, never got the Vale refugee back, though, did we? In fairness, the restriction of the refugees was good for us because um, that cycle was quite hard to come by when we started. And it was the restricted list that hit just after we started. So we were just like... And it was one of those packs that's always recommended as one of the first ones you buy. Mm. Uh, and so it was like, right, we don't have to worry about that until they come off the list because we're never going to choose them over the other cards. So it was pretty good for us. <laughs> I wouldn't be overly disappointed if Heads on Spikes went on. Not because I think it's a powerful card, not because I think it's overly dramatic and the and the people win games with it. Yeah, sure, sometimes they do. Just because it's a fairly easy plot choice in in a lot of decks. Oh, yeah, we we'll chuck a heads, we we'll chuck a heads on there uh, because you know we might get too power out of it. Eh, if we don't, we we'll at least chuck out at that. Yeah, it's pretty good. Deck building shouldn't be full of easy choices. Their building should be full of, you know, every all 61 of your cards should be, you know, agonised over rather than maybe 45 of them agonised over because these 15 are just, well, you've got to put them in or you're not going to win. When do cards cycle out now? After, at the beginning of cycle eight. Is that right? But like, how long is that away, roughly? We've got one, well, pack five of cycle five comes out this week, mm-hmm. so, or tomorrow. Away. So got a year. we are looking at a, just over a year away, basically. There was something to be said for the potential of, of, of doing sort of restricting obvious cards temporarily. Yeah. You know, so it is like um, strength boost Marge and summer and, you know, and, and certain things, not so much to actually cripple people, but to just get them playing other cards yeah, just for a short time and then, you know, unrestrict them again. But, but to just have more... That's what makes it a living card challenge. game, in my opinion. Yeah. You know, the card game lives and breathes because the design team kind of go, okay, this year, let's say they can't play them. Let's see, let's see what the incredibly creative players of this game can do if they're not allowed to do that, that, and that. Not, oh, uh, well, the tournament's being won by this deck, let's stop that happening. Which I agree is valid in certain circumstances, but it's kind of obvious and predictable and a little bit boring. It's, it's a bit like when we try... Um when we've had some of the conversations about how would you, you would actually do a jank tournament and that you just, you know, whether you start off with extra power, like from the beginning, because you've played like there are 10 terrible cards in your deck. A handicap, or, basically. Yeah, yeah. And, and the, you know, and how that might work, which is very to, to consider seriously. Mm. You know, but if you had a list of like dog shit cards that, you know, you're, you're going to be rewarded for, for using... <laughs> Then I don't even think that would be fun. I mean, well, I, I know I'm biased. Them all. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, you get like an extra power for each one you have in your deck. Yeah, yeah. you just run them all and start the game on 14 and then still lose. Yeah, yeah I mean, that's to take the first challenge, I suppose. Just run heads on spikes as an opening card every time. Just fucking bang, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it, I'm going to the pub and just walk out. <laughs> That'd be the best deck I think I've ever seen in my life. Starts oh. off with, like, you know, enough power to win with one card. Like, fucking get in, there we go. Did you win on turn one? I won on my when when revealed on my plot card. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What a combination. Every one of those games, you can sit down and you can literally just sit there for 20 minutes choosing a plot. Like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. 
there you go. I either win or lose on this card. You lose. Fair enough. See you so later. Pulling and then you lose even though you're on 14 <laughs> power. Because yeah. fuck, it's like in Asturias. You can run two of them, I believe. Two heads on spike. But only as your restricted car, guys. But you have to set up Tycho Nestorus. Don't be more interested in the rookery. We don't use that word here. No, sorry. Okay, if I come up with a, a, an alternate rookery, like a bad cupboard. Bad house. A bad cupboard full of terrible cards you need to try and get into play if you want to win. But like, like, you cannot win unless you've got three crones in play. <laughs> That sounds much better. And, uh, <laughs> that and, would be much better. Uh, mm. ranks. Okay, so is there anything you would add to the restricted list, Helen? All of other people's decks. Oh. <laughs> Every like, fucking Randall Tully. Just the stuff that's just like, oh, really, again? I know this is like, you know, not reasonable, but <laughs> I'd put King of the North in because fuck me, that's boring. Oh, I hate that plot. I'd love to see that on the restricted that's list. So... I'd love to see it banned. Well, just for the sake of it. It was like, oh, we've got to play for another 20 minutes without anything happening. It's a control plot. It's got to happen. Sorry. It's not, though, because it's played in... It's just played in aggro decks most of the time. It's like, oh, all the kings are expensive. So, yeah, let's put an expensive character down with Renown and then lock you out from doing all your control. Suck it up. It's a perfect... It's a decent card. You'd like to have decent cards. No, I mean, I'm just telling Yeah, I'm... and now I can't run Forgotten Plans because I don't have ten plots anymore. <laughs> but, um, no, I'm just jealous because it's, it's a plot I can't use because I will forget my own plot. So, <laughs> it just means I'll, I'll do it and then try and trigger like my own locations and then be furious. You can't run So for... that's why it, I, I want it restricted to be protected from myself. <laughs> and, and probably I could make up a large list of that sort of thing. Sales as well as restricted lists. It's like for this season, such and such character is going to be cheaper, so and so plots are going to be more expensive. What you want? (laughs) Weird fantasy footballing. Weird combos on like, if you run that and that, you get that for free. (laughs) That sounds amazingly complex and wonderful. Especially if it varies every. every, uh, as soon as possible, basically, all the time. Like a stock market. Well, people are playing too much of this uh, combo that Helen's prescribed, so let's uh, let's put the value of that up. And now it's uh, rock bottom prices on um, Mace Draymond. We could have a live thrown stock market on cards, so to make it like worth more if you play certain cards in a deck and reduce them if they, uh, you know, if they're common. Like, oh, I'm sorry, but you're playing the Vipers, so you automatically lose five power at the start of the game. Like, Just- zero power. Um, I want to take the opportunity. I want to figure out how I can collude with the whole tournament so that I can win just to design a card. <laughs> um, you know, can have the sport. Maybe if you sell your swag in advance to people <laughs> that you beat. Yeah. Why don't you just um, like every single person who enters the tournament, give them like the idea of the, the card design, just slip it into their head. Just like, oh, you know, it'd be really cool with the dick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is what I'm talking about. Just start in. And if you speak to enough people who are, you know, likely to win tournaments, eventually one of them will go, I know what I want to make. And then they'll just go Theon's dick. Okay, so you're saying basically an inception plan. Effectively, we go within their dreams and get them. Give them the idea of Theon's dick. Do you think that Uh that actually might be achievable with Starlick? Yeah, but little things like that. If we just slip slip ideas into their head, here, there, everywhere, you know, 
stuff. That's why I said I wasn't going, so people don't suspect anything when I clamber into the room. I'm more worried about the concept of slipping Theon's dick into people's dreams. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you were going to say ear for some reason. No. I think it would have made almost about as much sense. Thanks, Bill. No worries. (laughs) Slipping Theon's dick into an ear, like, oh, slimy. You're like a wet willy, but obviously a little. Yeah, a wet shriveled slightly desiccated what's that um oh like Wrath of Khan yeah <laughs> <laughs> old people reference are we done with the FAQ is there anything else you want to see in the next FAQ we, we don't know yet do we okay. well I'd like to see some combo of Marine Hisdar and uh, Queensguard on the list I'd like to see Wyman on the list uh, I'd like to see the King in the North on the list. I'd like to see the Tyra House card on the list. I'd like to see the Wall on the list. I'd like to have built a deck that made something go on the list. That'd be quite. That's, uh, that's an achievement. It's quite a reputation to, to have, isn't it? Yeah. I'm I'm going to claim Threat from the North and the Valerian Steel Link, even though they probably weren't solely me. But you reckon? You know. Well, they went on after I won nationals, right? With those two decks, they didn't need to nerf Maesters because the, they'd only just taken the Conclave off. And then suddenly it's like, oh, we're going to restrict this burn card, even though burn hasn't been an issue, except in Barra. This is my 43rd letter from Disgruntled of Chomley. (laughs) (laughs) Valerian Steel, I think you'll find. This is wildly OP, as the young people are saying. (laughs) And it must be restrict. (laughs) That's it. You should definitely do a points of view one. We should do points of view. Can we just do points of view instead of the actual regular part <laughs> next week? Because I'd love to host Dear points, points of, view. of view. Dear points of view, I was watching the BBC News the other day and there was a black guy on there. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I have lived in this country for years and never once have I been subjected to such filth on my television. That's the kind of thing we won't be saying on the cast, Helen. Why is the Austin? <laughs> Not a card. <laughs> boats. Let's talk about boats. So I've had the pleasure of playing a few games with our uh, Too Many Boats on the Dance Floor deck. Too Many Boats. Too, too Many Boats. <laughs> uh, and it was pretty good. Excellent. I've won four go. games and lost one game. Uh, I lost against the Free Folk. It was a deck it was a game where i was rather character starved to begin with and i had to marshal vince turn one just to have some claim soak so that wasn't ideal um overall the deck's been pretty solid i played quite defensively you know turn one and kind of struck out after that uh it definitely needs more draw Uh, okay i found myself you know flipping flipping coppers turn two almost every single game and then still ending the turn with like two cards in hand that would be the most Mm. which is pretty crazy yeah because a lot of the boats are fairly cheap um the, the events are obviously very cheap uh that kind of thing um so economy wasn't really an issue in both games because i was just shitting out my hand all the time mm. uh, victorian is amazing good he's really really good i didn't trigger his i haven't triggered his kneel of location ability yet which is quite shocking really um oh. yeah mm. it just in all the games I had him, I either had better attachment control. Okay. Uh, I Sorry, better location control, like C-Bitch, and I was going first, or 
uh, he either got milked immediately or nightmares before he could do anything or um, there was just no targets. So, yeah, but his, his other ability was always good. Um, and I feel like it may just be the matchups and the specific decks I played against that meant there were no targets for him. Mm-hmm. Um, Raid in the Bay of Ice was uh, solid. I got a White Harbor turn one, a House of Dreams White Harbor, which is pretty nice. Lovely. Yeah, and some other nice things. Uh, the Valerian's crew, surprisingly decent. Mm-hmm. Expensive, really missed that power icon. Yeah, though. But uh, they were solid. I've taken uh, Milks, a Queen's Guard, which was really convenient because um, I took it, put it into Shadows, then my Victarian got milked, so I just put that on him and stood him that way instead. A Missandei, which was pretty useful because my opponent had a Missandei in hand. <laughs> Uh, a support of the people to go get more boats. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's they they've been pretty fun. Um, Euron has been better, as you'll probably expect. That's fair, yeah. Uh, but they they have been decent. They're now going to get better, of course, with the restriction of breaking ties, which is their major weakness beforehand. Um, the deck can get hurt quite a bit by um, Valdeharis because of them. Because you are almost always going to keep your seven cost gradual characters, given the choice. Uh, but, I mean, there was one game yesterday where I, or the day before yesterday, where I kept uh, them and something else. Because it would be more banter to keep the superior claim, that, uh, sorry, the support of the people that was under them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I drew into my second copy of Euron, so that was good. <laughs> there was no downside there. Um, I think he was milked anyway, so it wasn't quite such an issue. What else? I We missed uh, Salador. He was mentioned briefly on the cast, yeah, he definitely but we didn't him. really consider him. Yeah. He would probably be quite good. He easily replaces one of the Lysini pirates. What else? The Laughing Lord yeah, how was the Laughing has Lord? been okay. <laughs> It hasn't. When I've seen it, it hasn't really done that much. <laughs> I almost searched for it with support of the people. Almost. Uh, but it occurred to me that I was just going to win, and my opponent was already knelt out anyway. I was like, oh, next round it could be really good. Oh no, I'm going to win by dominance anyway. Oh, that's not. So that's, not that's thing, pointless. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's just get something that directly contributes. Um, but yeah, I. It probably doesn't need to be there. In all honesty. Um, but you know, there's no harm in testing it a bit more. It it will come off one day with uh, Valerian's crew and their not five strength and stealth. Mm. Uh, but it should probably be something else. Theon is probably the best card in the deck, <laughs> <laughs> which isn't, but it perhaps isn't a shock because okay, Theon is amazing. But uh, Theon with King of Salt and Rock giving him pillage when you're already looking to put locations on top of the deck a lot of the time, and then he's claiming power as well. Yeah, man, the boy's a great. <laughs> he does have some anti-synergy with Victarion, who you want to get into multiple challenges, oh. the Bastard Night Song, and Courtney, who you want to get on power challenges, mm. but overall, and obviously Asher, who you want to get on multiple challenges, but he's overall really, really good. You always trigger a read in the Bay of Ice with him, right? Well, to the yeah. time, I'd say, so. Yeah. Uh, Grey Ghost was amazing. Wow. Mm. Uh, I've saw, seen it almost every game, and it was way better than I thought it would be. It's more versatile than the raiding longship. Sure. 
in that you can be second and it can hit characters with attachments, mm. even though you have to do it before, you know, they don't have to commit the character before you do it. But the fact that you can do, the fact that it can hit those other characters just makes it so good. And it just it simplifies the challenge maths for you so much. Um, and it's really good on characters that can block Theon as well. So I've used it on like Shireen's and stuff. Yeah, I was really, really happy with the Grey Ghost. Yeah, um, the plot lineup is the part where I was the most, eh. As I said, it probably needs more draw. Heads on Spikes was broadly decent. I hit a Wyman and a Summer with it in different games. That's pretty nice. But it it doesn't need to be there. It could be something else, but it's fine. If I had cards, it, I normally flipped it turn two. If I didn't have cards, I often flipped it turn three. Mm. Uh, Nothing Burns was pretty good generally because we were hitting the location base anyway. Uh, and we've got enough chaff that can be binned. Um, it's also attachment control. I wouldn't be opposed to actually just putting confiscation in. Um, but I think that would be in addition to Nothing Burns rather than instead of. And probably can't fit the slots. Um, Valor was phenomenal, obviously. Supporting the Faith was so-so. In some games it was fantastic and in some games it was meh. Sure. So it could be replaced with something else. Whether that's... I think that and Heads on Spikes would be the cards to replace for a second coppers or maybe a building order. Second coppers, yeah. Mm. I think pure cards is better than targeted search. Okay. You don't want exchange of information because I don't think that's a very good plot and we don't have enough attachments. Yeah. You don't. I don't think you need to summons for anyone in particular because there's quite a lot of characters who can pull their own weight. You win or you die? Uh, and no. The you lose your cards so quickly anyway that being forced i mean that's probably an argument for just playing playing them out and not worrying about the yeah i guess that's what i was going with is you've got no cards anyway then you might as well have two claim and some more maybe i could try it see see how it goes but um i prefer to play my cards a bit more conservatively even though i haven't been doing so in this deck (laughs) and so being forced to discard them would upset me Mm. and make me cry uh but yeah okay i'll tell you what i'll give that a go next I'll add you when you Instead die. of spikes? Uh, or supporting the faith. We'll see how we feel. Probably I'll rotate between the three. Yeah, fair enough. <sighs> Frustrate anyone who's playing Fantasy Thrones and predicting my plots and just uh, keep them on a, a nice rotation. Um, and as I said to you before the cast, Tony, it's heartbreaking, but this deck is almost definitely just better as straight great. <sighs> <Yeah. laughs> if you want to play ships, it's... It's almost better, probably just better as House of Dreams. Um, Great Kraken. Uh, you can then add in. Sorry. Bows, bows, bows. Yeah, just saying bows, bows. You can bows. then. I'm happy about the concept of bows, bows, bows. That's all. Yeah. You know what it's like. Did you put a sample if on you... your phone that you could play whenever you did anything? Because I think no the game lacks sound effects. Mm. But I think if it's pure Greyjoy, you can then uh, more easily run the Risen's. And they're pretty great in any way, especially if you're running double coppers. And then you also run the Iron Victory's crew and the Iron Victory. So yeah, that is my thoughts on the boats deck. But I've had a lot of fun with it. It's one of my favourite decks I've been playing over the last couple of months, probably. Excellent. So that's good. Um, it's interesting challenge phases all the time. Mm. Uh, it's it's got big characters that have been interesting to play with rather than just pure beat sticks. That's what you want. Even though they are just well, I mean they are just beat sticks, but um, Victorian makes it fun because you get to kneel things to stand him. Yeah. 
and you get to choose whether you want renown or the extra challenge or win dominance and all this kind of uh, jazz. And yeah, I've just I've enjoyed it. Warships are fun. Give it a go. So, any other questions about the boats? I haven't had a chance to give it a go yet. Uh, at the same time, as I said last time, I've done the kind of reverse version of this, which is the kind of Barra Kraken, which is much more of a Neil deck. Uh, has a lot of the same stuff in it, aside from the loyal stuff, obviously. Um, but it's a bit more kind of, uh, interestingly, a bit more draw heavy because it's, you know, Blackwater Bay and um, probably Chutlow's Maesters. I know the Barra, see, Barra Conclave's kind of crying out to me at the moment a little bit. Hmm. I'm quite tempted to kind of yeah. give one, give a build of that a bash. Uh, it's got nothing to do with boats at all, but uh, but the ba- I'd be interested to see how the Barracken one of this works. Be a bit, it's a bit more controlly, a bit more neely, but you'll get more draw out of it, and you get to play Bob. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, this 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 is probably the more effective version. But uh, you know, I'm a Barra player, so I'm used to disappointment. All right, is that us then? I think it is. I, I think um, the only thing that remains Barrett to lava. the only thing that remains to be done really, because we're probably going to not get a recording before the next uh, big event on the circuit, really, is the Road to Stalic event uh, that will be held in Glasgow uh, next weekend. Uh, the Siege of Winterfell, the second annual Siege of Winterfell, which will be at the Avant Garde in Glasgow in the Merchant City. Uh, up uh, about 10 minutes walk from the station hopefully lots of people in attendance um, I wasn't there last year but uh, you guys were and I understand it was pretty good it was um, that was when I just had surgery and should not have been there that's right <laughs> <laughs> great, great little weekend that was, that was a bad idea I would say in hindsight busting stitches just to play a, yeah that, that might have been the end of Brown actually hmm. Um, <laughs> that's the next big kind of tournament on certainly in my calendar and that's looking like it's going to be a cracker and there's clubbing and Kayleys and yeah, and they have cake <laughs> and they have cake they yeah. do they come to Glasgow ladies and gentlemen for cake and uh, other mm-hmm. such activities oh so come to Glasgow come to Glasgow go to Glasgow I'm not in Glasgow we're not in Glasgow go to Glasgow for the Seed Winterfell next weekend for the other Road to Starlight event on that note, I'm going to go to bed and try and stop my cats from killing each other. That was a lovely sign-off, if I do say so myself. <laughs> you do wonder if he thought he was still on, or whether he talks to himself once he ends the podcast. <laughs> Has like He like debriefs himself in front of the cat. So that was a productive episode. Yeah, that he, he meant to hang up and then go, that was a lovely sign-off, Pooh. Thank you very much, Pooh. <laughs> You're the best, aren't you, people? Yes, you are, people. Yes, you are. He's saying he's got like a glove puppet on one hand. I think someone else should vote on your edits because you're just going to edit out everything I say. Just like in real life.